Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are live. This is 11 Personnel. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett. Your favorite Kentucky football podcasters are presented by your favorite bank, the Monticello Bank, where they've been putting people first, where people matter, while they've been in business for 128,000 years. I, I, I was exaggerating there. It was 128 years, right? Yeah, 128. There might be more now. I'm, I'm bad at my math like it. Uh, just a little bit off. But there are 21 locations across the state conveniently located wherever and they'll go wherever you go with the go nbc mobile app or visit them at nbcbank.com monticello bank they are going to give you the most competitive rates around it's loans deposit rates whatever it may be they've got the options for you at monticello bank visit them at nbcbank.com monticello bank where people matter member fdic equal housing lender look at it's the off season so um, I got to do my hobbies outside of it, which is watch 60 Minutes and interest rates probably going down soon. So <laughs> that's yeah. good because uh, I've got a house I can refinance that uh, we were hoping they would go down when we were in the process of building this house. Never did. Mm. So that's yeah. good news for me. Uh, and, the, and this versions of today, Nick and Adam are 58 years old. Yes, yes. Talking 60 minutes. Um, <laughs> Miss Jeopardy tonight, though. Did take some, some Tums before the show started because the, the oh, burger that the, I had. You're checking all the boxes. I did go to your favorite uh, local establishment today, too. So I've just, I, you know, I've been doing good on my diet and exercising, but we kind of, you know, you, you cheat every once in a while. Um, so we had to extra Tums it. Um, and I, you know, I'm kind of. I wish it was a bit of a stress reliever because there's part of me that's just, I, there's just a lot of nervous energy right now, look at, because I felt like we spent a month just waiting for Cohen to dump us. And now we're, we're looking for the next girl and you, you've got matches on all these dating apps, but nobody's replying back on them. And you're just like, but I, you matched. So you had to at least be interested. Are you not going to reach out and say, Hey, how's it going? And that's that's where we're at right now. They're they're plotting. There's somebody out there. There's an eligible bachelorette out there, and some something magical is going to happen. But we're just in this weird limbo, and uh, yeah, it sucks. There's really no other way to put it. Yeah, I think every time we go through one of these, Nick, it's a good reminder for how this works. Um, typically, we fo- follow this stuff from afar, but Kentucky hasn't had a head coaching search and. A decade and a half now. Usually these things are really quiet for the first week. As long as games aren't being played. Like if this is a Correct. firing midseason, it's obviously different. But usually these are real quiet for a week. And then you start to hear some names pop up. It's been about a week. Haven't heard um, any names or any confirmation. There's been two names that have been kind of mentioned. Um, 
but they're they not really reported either. Yeah, yeah, they haven't. Yeah, yeah it was just kind of speculation. One was speculation; the other one was some internet sleuthing. Uh, right. So, so that's just we're in a holding pattern, right? That waiting is the hardest part here, and we're just gonna have to be patient. I know that's not something any of us want to do, uh, but I do find it unique in that, like, this is really like the slowest probably part of the calendar they've had since right after July 4th when they take their vacations or whatever. Like they have like a couple weeks here where they don't really have to do anything. Right. They just had the big junior day signing day just wrapped up. Um, I believe another recruiting dead period just started. So they're kind of like, this is when they can kind of catch their breath a little bit. Um, And so maybe Mark Stoops is using that as a, way to take his time with this hire because what like what, what's the difference if the guy was hired tomorrow or next saturday there's really no difference um they're already going to bump spring practice back as far as they can um with this change mm-hmm. and so well, i mean what is that going to give players six de- six days to learn the playbook sooner i mean you know uh so i think they're already so late in the process that you just have to take your time and make the right hire but it it is frustrating when you don't, you know, there there's no names out there. We don't we have no idea where we have an idea yeah. of the direction they're looking, but we don't have any confirmed names or style or anything like that. And so we're just playing the waiting game. We're in a holding pattern. The waiting is the hardest part. Yeah, and the the only we're probably more impatient than normal too because. The last hire, we knew it was Liam Cohen. I mean, I think even before Rich was fired, but we, you couldn't say it, right? Like, it was it was a weird – it was a whole weird ordeal. Uh, yeah. Cohen actually signed his contract 13 days before it became official, um, which, was, which was kind of amusing. Uh, and then in Rich, Rich's case, Cohen left so late in spring practice was already on the docket. They, I mean, it was within a week we had heard like three or four names. Uh, Dal Loggins, uh, Calabrese, and and before we got to Rich, I don't I don't even know if there was another one in that one. But that that happened very fast because out of necessity. Yeah, Chris, uh, Chris Beatty, Troy Walters were other two names in there yeah. at that time. But that one we knew it was NFL. Like we're going to people that That's have worked true. with McVeigh or Shanahan. That's where we're looking. Mm-hmm. Um, this time, at least I think it's going to be like Power Five college experience. I think is a must here um, for what they're looking for. I, I don't think they want to do the NFL thing again, but I don't know that. That's just speculation on my part, and so we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, but yeah, it's it's five, six days, six, seven, almost seven days in now. And we don't know a name. I thought. But I thought by Friday we would know, we would have an idea of at least who the leading candidate was. Uh, as of right now, that doesn't seem like the case, but maybe that'll happen tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll have to wait well, and see. And, and I, I know we have a lot of impatient people, too, on the KS board. Where I don't – and on here, when we talked about it last week, and I feel partially responsible for maybe setting the timetable a little bit ahead, and I didn't intend to get uh, – expectations up um so if if i did my apologies i think if you look at it from the other side of the coin um you could say like 
really at the end of the day, how fast or how slow he hires somebody is irrelevant right now. I mean, they just got to be good. Uh, no one's going to remember that on week two. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's not be like, so I, you know, why couldn't they get that third and seven? Well, they didn't get the damn coordinator in here for spring practice. I mean, that's not – no one wants to hear right. that excuse. No one's going to give that excuse. Right. And the, the other part of it, too, for me is I, I think I'm just more frustrated just because of the – like this is on the tail end of a lot of other stuff that was nobody's talking and everybody's making this difficult on everybody. So that might be more of my frustration. Uh, I also saw where, where, you know, a uh, friend of the program, Justin Rowland, put out, uh, every time I've inquired about the search, the response has been stupid. It's been taking his time to get it right. And, uh, you know, that's fun to say, and I'm not trying to discredit anything Justin's saying. Whoever's telling them that, like, just full of two different kinds of you-know-what. Like, just, no. Like, if you want to, like, lie to us and give us any sort of bull crap, just, it's it's a, it's an exhaustive search, and they're leaving every stone unturned. But I just, that's even a load of bull crap, too. So, really, they're in a spot where it's a no-win situation for me. You either leak names, and it's a good name, and we like it, or you leak a name, and we all get mad, and then they got to start it over. So, I... I there, there is a lot of just angst right now. Um, and I think the biggest reason why is because the last time we got left this late in the process, we got left with a big fat turd. Yeah. You know, there was, it was dog poop that was on the porch that was on fire. So like, I'm not, you know, that, that, that's where I think some of this anxiousness is. And the fact that you just expected Stoops to be ahead of schedule because Cohen started flirting with the bears a month ago. Yeah. We also don't know what kind of private conversations they had. Uh, Snoops could have been under the impression the Bears was that was going to be his only push, and then he was focused, and then he could have got hit with a, a unexpected uppercut when he when the when that Bucks development came. Uh, but to the frustration and the lack of patience, Nick, I just think it's been an exhausting and frustrating last two years, right? <laughs> You know, yeah. ever since Cohen left that first time, it's been, you know, we don't have to relive 2022. And then 2023, they kind of had a good offseason and looked like the Rose expectations again. You get this new quarterback, you're feeling good about your team in a lot of areas. You know, the preseason talk around this team was as, it seemed like as optimistic or as excited um, as a lot of people around the program were about a team, and then it, it just didn't work out for whatever reason. And so you're sitting here with – we've gone out – we've thrown the numbers out with two consecutive three and five SEC campaigns, two consecutive uh, bowl game losses, one in kind of a – you know, was just a joke of a game, the Iowa, how that kind of mm-hmm. played out. And then you, you grab defeat from the jaws of victory against Clemson. And so I just think it's a frustrating time, I think, for supporters of this program. And then, like, you just had to go through the Cohen thing again. I mean, that was – I think for everyone, that was frustrating. I think for people in the building, that was frustrating. And I think for fans living with it, that was pretty frustrating. Um, Because you were basically – you had to wait until he left, like, for to do anything. And so that's just where we are and – I think it's been a frustrating couple of years, and I think that has to do with a lot of the impatience 
Yeah. And so we just in in when you do when that happens, eventually a name's gonna come out. But if so I don't know what I don't say it's like people getting their hopes up, but it opens up for more <laughs> criticism, I would say. When people wait like this yeah. long and they feel like they're waiting this long for a this this is the name we were waiting on to hear. Um, but but you know, I've talked about this. I don't think there's a home run. They just need to hit a double. Like they just need to hit a good solid double and get raise the floor on offense uh, to where they're not where they're not having the big dips like we saw in twenty fifteen and twenty twenty two. Just keep it going kinda like it is. But definitely a a frustrating time and you really and you really just don't know we can speculate, but we don't know for sure like what direction they're going in on offense. And that's something we're gonna have to wait and see with this hire and then see what Stoop says that um after the hire's made. Well let's start by taking the few breadcrumbs that we have received and eating them up. The first one of which was uh, from Bruce Feldman, who is, along with Pete Thamel, the two most prevalent coaching carousel reporters. I would say Bruce is number one in that regard. He's plugged in with all the agents and coaches the whole nine yards. Um, and shortly after Cohen left, yeah, but before he started talking about how easy it was to leave Lexington and how happy he is to be in Tampa and just how quick he was to get out the door, um, Feldman was saying, you know, a uh, name I'd keep an eye on, Buster Faulkner, uh, Georgia Tech. OC was good last year. He uh, worked for Brock Vandegrift's quality control assistant. And that led us to kind of go down that wormhole. And I think the early returns on re- response, at least like it from what I got, pretty okay. I I can be down for this guy. I think most people are pretty sold on him. There's some that are like, ah, I'd like a little bit more. But for the most part, it's I haven't heard too many people be out on Buster Faulkner. Yeah, I think at first I think people were like, but like who Buster? Who's Buster? But then I think as people started to un- find out who he is, where he came from, I think. There's a sell, and I think really all that is, Nick, is he was at Georgia for three years, and he worked with Brock Vandergriff. And then he went to Georgia Tech, and they had their best offense since they quit the option. And so there's, I think, some things to like about him. Uh, I think you look at Faulkner. He was an assistant coach who got an offensive coordinator job early, um, but kind of got stuck in the G5. Like he was at Middle Tennessee, Arkansas State, Southern Miss for a long time. Um for about nine years, he was a play caller there. So he goes to Georgia to kind of like reset his career and get some Power Five experience. So he does that for three years. It's kind of Todd Munkin's number two. Um, was when Munkin was in the booth, he was like essentially the quarterback coach on the sideline. Um, so he worked right with Stetson Bennett, JT Daniels, won two national titles. And so there's obviously a, a connection between those two staffs. I don't think it's any big secret that. Mark Stoops and Kirby Smart seem to get along and like each other. And there's Georgia players on Kentucky staff now. And so I, I think there's that connection there. And then what he did at Georgia Tech is obviously enticing with a quarterback, Haynes King, that is, from a skill st- standpoint, similar to Brock Vandegrift. So I think there um, is some stuff to like there with him. 
And I, I think a lot of that though, Nick, is he's got the he's got that Georgia G Kirby Smart stamp of approval on his resume. That part is significant. Um, it's also one of those things you you're led to believe. Okay, they can Kentucky can go hire another Power Five OC even if it is late in the process because they have the resources. Well, well here's and, what you have to remember: it's the Big Two now. It's the Big mm-hmm. Two. If you're not in the SEC or Big Ten, you have to wonder how how long do you, can you stay here before it just becomes too big of a gap, right? And you're, mm-hmm. I think everyone's goal is to get in these two conferences now. So for Faulkner, after just one year, it's a chance to do what I think he set out to do when he joined that Georgia staff, was to become a Power 5 coordinator and then give himself to be a chance to be a head coach. He's still fairly young, 42 years old. And so this that's an opportunity to go do that now, but does he want to do it after one year? And Georgia Tech's a private school, I believe. So we don't – I don't think the buyout number is public, but he was making seven hundred thousand dollars, seven hundred seven hundred fifty thousand dollars last year. Obviously, Kentucky can more than pay that. They were just paying Liam Cohen one point eight, and so um, Rich Gangarello even was making made nine hundred his first year. So they can probably meet in the middle there, um, bump him up to one and get him to Lexington. But does he want to leave? That's the big question. Um, and so yeah, we don't and, we don't really know. And is he even a candidate? Again, we're just um, right speculation uh, here. But it makes he makes a lot of sense on paper, Nick, with just the connection with Vandegrift, connection with Georgia, all that. My my favorite part in all of this is that yes, there's very little to chew on here. But we've gone far enough down the wormhole to know that his family never moved from Athens. Does he want to leave Atlanta? Does he want to actually move his family? That's that's the part in this leverage process that we're at. Which uh right yeah yeah I, I I love I just absolutely love it. Um, we're also the part where we're watching who people are following on the internet, and one of them is Bush Hamden. Is a Hamden Hamden? Are we a Hamhawk or are we a? Ha- I think it's Hamden, but I'm not 100 percent positive. Well, he was a quarterback for Chris Peterson at Boise State. Yes, pretty good quarterback. Um, ended up. Being an offensive coordinator, was was he the offensive coordinator for Peterson at Washington? For two or years, 2019. And then Jimmy Lake takes over and he hangs around. Is that correct? He Jimmy Lake takes over and Jimmy Lake fires him and replaces him with John Donovan, which everyone knows what happened with Jimmy Lake Sr. at Washington. Yeah, um, it was a disaster. Um, but in between all of that time, he – Spent some time at Missouri, which I'll let you detail in a minute. And he's most recently, he's been back at his alma mater, uh, was a candidate. I, I get all these offensive coordinator searches confused like it, but we mentioned him previously. You've Liam already Cohen done first the hire. Yeah, Liam okay. Cohen first hire was when he his name uh, was out there, along with Brian Brom's name was out there at that time, Nick. And then, uh, then Joe Moorhead, Cohen – um, ended up being, I think, the top two candidates at the end of that search. But that that's those mm-hmm. were the names um, then during that search. Uh, but Boise State, they fired Andy Avalos in the middle of the year, and he did all the offense. The defensive got, coordinator was named interim, and then I don't think they lost again. <laughs> I think they won out. Might have had one more loss, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, they won the Mountain West. They did. They won the Mountain West yeah. title. Then they lost to UCLA in the L.A. Bowl, 
presented by Rob Gronkowski. Uh, but their quarterback didn't play, enter the portal. He's now at Arkansas. He's uh, tailing green. He's going to be Bobby Petrino's quarterback this year. And so um, just with him, Nick, like he was really young when he got that Washington gig. He was like 34 when he became the offensive coordinator. They're 33-34. Um, all three of his offenses have finished in the top 40 in success rate and points per drive. He's produced a 1,000-yard rusher each season as a play caller. Jake Browning and Jacob Eason each threw for 3,000 yards. Hunter Bryant, tight end, who plays for the Cleveland Brown now, was the top target for Eason in 2019 with 52 receptions, 825 yards, three touchdowns. Um, he also ran the quarterback this last year. Green had nearly 500 yards rushing and nine touchdowns. So for the UK fan checklist here, Nick, um, the offense, his offenses are efficient. They they score at a decent clip. They run the football. Uh, the quarterbacks have thrown for 300,000 or 3,000 yards, and they and he has featured a tight end. So just if if you did not have his name, I think people would be excited about that. Now I think you dig in, you do see Jimmy Lake fired him. The offenses took a step back at Washington after Jonathan Smith left to go be the head coach at Oregon State. Now he's at Michigan State, obviously. So that was a pretty good coach they had in Seattle. Um, so I, I think that is that's a concern. But even at Missouri, he was kind of he lands there. He was Eli Drinkowitz is number two. Had some pretty good recruiting success at Missouri, and Drinkowitz gave up plays in 2022 after the, the Kentucky game, um, when Kentucky went there and beat them. And Missouri had their best three offensive games of the season when Hamden was reportedly calling the plays. They averaged nearly 33 points per game. Brady Cook played his best football of the season. And so there is some result, good results with him holding the call sheet. Um, but there, but I, people have decided, at least on our board, that they don't like him for whatever reason. Um, I would have him and Faulkner in the same tier um, as a play caller. There's obviously the connection to Vandergrift um, that I think if Faulkner were to take the job, I would think that would be a good sign. Um, if he's willing to leave a quarterback that he just had for one year in Haynes King and play and go with Brock Vandergrift, I think that would be a good sign for Faulkner. Um, well, but with Hamden, I think there's some there's some good stuff there on his resume. I think he's done a good job um, to this point in his career, and there's four years of SEC experience because he was a Florida receivers coach in 2012. Well, well, let me tell you why the people aren't as warm as him on the board. Um, because he's a West Coast guy that's only trip to the other side of the country was to a program that we look down upon and think that we're better than. So it's not like he spent time at Georgia, the national national champion Georgia. He was at Missouri with Drinkwitz. Yeah, gross. yeah. Ain't it Bush? Saying. Touchdown <laughs> Buster is way cooler than Touchdown Bush. Yeah, um, but I do think that they're very like. You are correct that on. I, I think it's a lot of superficial reasons, and just the fact that we would feel much better if there was a guy who was willing to leave his first big power five gig to coach Brock because he thought Brock was that good. Like there, it's right. almost like yeah. the Will Levis reinforcement thing where, you know, it's like, Oh, well they feel really good about each other. You, you, you just get more confidence. Um, yeah. I think that's where a lot of it stems from. Yeah. I think both of these guys, like to me, Nick, I think we even heard Cohen talk about this, like this off season, we got to figure out a way to modernize the offense, blend in spread concepts to play faster, not get huddles. Um, 
Hampton and Faulkner will both get their quarterback under center and some short yardage stuff, but they're mainly out of the gun, out of the pistol, run to play action stuff out of the pistol, and they're using more spread formations. Kentucky lived in condensed formations with Cohen. They're getting more out and stretching it more, and they can sprinkle in some tempo because they are in a no-huddle operation. They're not huddling up, typically. And so I think from that aspect, there's a lot to like, and then running the quarterback. Like, to me, that's really important. Um, they got to start running the quarterback here. Uh, you just, you got, I'm not saying <laughs> he needs to run it 200 times, but um, Jaden Daniels just won the Heisman basically because of his two-way ability, both as a runner and a passer, and he's probably going to be a top-ten pick in the draft. You just look at it, that's how quarterbacks are playing now. Like, you got to be able to run them a little bit. And so I think that's important. Like, guys that have, have proven they're willing to run the quarterback, it's something I like to see, uh, especially, I think, with Vandergriff's skill set. I think he can move around and run a little bit, and you got to take advantage of it. You have to make defenses respect uh, the zone read. Uh, you have to sprinkle in a draw every now and then. Uh, and so that's something both of those guys have done, um, and I would be intrigued either with either one of them if they were the hired, but we'll have to see how that plays out. Yeah, we all could be just and and another thing with Hamden, right now. he's been a he's been a legitimate Power Five assistant. Uh, Buster Faulkner was just a he was a GA at Georgia and he was a quality control, so he wasn't. You know, you're still doing some recruiting stuff, but it's not the same. Where Hamden has been in this conference recruited, uh, and he helped build the team that was everybody that's every this uh, everybody's like. You know how much you know Missouri is going to be the the flavor of the month oh, this offseason. It's like be disgusting. How they're doing the NIL stuff. How they stuck with Drinkowitz. How they did this and that, this and that. They are the Just they are kind of the apple of a lot of people's eyes, and he helped build that. It's just disgusting. Yeah, absolutely disgusting. Um, I'm not looking forward to it. Um, I am looking forward to your your pal Nick still going to be at SEC Media Days. You, you excited about that? You gonna talk personnel with him again? Maybe we uh, Andy Staples can lend us his booth. Uh, we can try to wrangle him. In. I'm sure it'll be easy. Like he won't have anybody around him when he's walking. <laughs> He'll just be walking. You know, you know how Derek Mason was just walking around talking to people, eating a granola bar. I'm sure that'll be Nick Saban in Dallas this year. No one's gonna be around him. You know, we can just go up and talk to him. I just can't imagine Nick Saban like going around and shilling Sunbelt granola bars or something. You know, whatever. Eating bananas and hanging out. Beans. Yeah. Where's the uh, damn little Debbie's hat? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he's going to be off. In, you know where he's going to He's going to be in the corner with all the ESPN folks. Uh, yeah. You don't see any of the TV people. You're just like, oh, there's Dar- uh, there's uh, there's Dari. I haven't seen him all day, but he just shows up. Just to see, see him at night. Yeah. <laughs> Which, <laughs> oh man. This is a story for another um, day. Yeah, for another day. Uh but yeah, Nick Saban. Staying on ESPN, like we kind of all expected. Um uh, Jordan College Game Day. Gonna do a few other events, gonna do the draft. Um, which talked to Drew Phillips today too. That 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 interview I, I just transcribed a good old fashioned Q and A style. Um delightful interview with Drew Phillips. She had a pretty solid week at the senior bowl. Um uh, w- one thing too, like it that it was just kind of nice to break almost like the fourth wall. It wasn't necessarily breaking the fourth wall, but it's just like I mean, we're doing all this work 
for a 40-yard run that lasts less than five seconds. Like, what? It's 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 insane what they do to just run in their underwear for less than five seconds. It's crazy, absolutely crazy. But well, let's get refocused with our friends from Refocus Fitness. You've heard us talking about Refocus Fitness for a while now. They're convenient gym. That's the name of their game. Convenience, convenience with a plan. Because a lot of folks when they try to get in shape, they just like. I, I don't know about you, Lucky, but I just always go back to the old faithful exercises that I did at the DeSales High School football locker room. Half of them we had to do outside because the weight room wasn't big enough. Um, but you know what? They have personal trainers there. With that initial eval, it's free. They'll get you on the right path to set your specific goals. Flexibility, right? Range of motion, like being able to grab your arms behind your back. The whole nine yards, they will make sure you're on the right path. And you can train individually with people. You can be in small groups. Or you can just do your own thing. Uh, whatever it may be, Refocus Fitness will help you get refocused. Uh, this, I guess it's still technically New Year. It's, it's it's not football season, so it's a great time to be in the weight room. And that's the other thing that's nice about Refocus Fitness. 24-7 access, conveniently located right off Nicholasville Row. Visit them at refocusfitness.com. Meet with them today. No hassle, no stress with Refocus Fitness. Look, we did have National Signing Day. I, I miss I miss old NSD, and I think what I miss most about it is having the month of January to give those guys shine. Because we do it like it's just it's all it's all at once. So like January was a big time to interview all of these players, and you know we would do the whole Drew Barker interview with Tim Couch, right? Like they would do all that sort of. There was just a lot more to it um and then the day it felt like this big momentous day where now you're shoehorning in with a transfer portal and it does suck that it's not the same um because it there's still this muscle like in my armpit that twitches it's like hey you need to be you need to be doing something right like they're you're you're supposed to be watching faxes roll in right now roush what the hell yeah and i think we would really pump out and go all in to building our coverage of that day and really make it a big party. You can't really do that anymore because it's right in the middle of the season, essentially. You have a, 10 days to get ready for it. And so it stinks. They've, they've <laughs> taken the draft and they've put it right smack dab. with They've joined it with free agency, and then we get to have a supplemental draft in February uh, is essentially what it feels like. And I wrote about this week um, – it's not like it's not really a thing anymore, and that stinks. This was kind of I think this was college football. I think it was one of the five biggest days of the year for college football, Nick. I think you put Labor Day Saturday. I think you put Thanksgiving Saturday um, or Black Friday. You could kind of combine those two, um, and then New Year's Day, and then this day. I think it was one of the four biggest days, and two of those really don't even matter anymore. New Year's Day and this yeah. one. And so it's kind of you, you pulling out some of, uh, some of the strong, some fabric of the sport, and that that stinks. But uh, I'm not sure how you even fix it at this point. Just right. toothpaste out of the tube. But I'm here's hoping that they can fix it some way down the road. But it does. It is disappointing um, that that this is the way it is. And 
they I'll give them credit. They tried to change it for the good. It just didn't work out like that. There's unintended consequences. Coaches decided that we're going to make this our number one signing day. And now I'm wondering if they there's some buyer remorse over there. If they're like, man, if we could have just kept February significant, we wouldn't have to do all really this. bust our ass here <laughs> during bowl prep. But I think they saw it they- as a way to get, get everything done and get a head start on their next year's recruiting. And so they were kind of just trying to get, you know, a step ahead, and it's caused a bunch of, I would say, issues. It's just um, all their work's now jammed into a little three-week window there in December. And so the sport, I wish we, we need to find some calendar balance because there's a lot of good stuff going on that we could really stretch out, but we we don't stretch it out. We jam literally everything in there. Um, carousel, coaching carousel, transfer portal, December signing day. <laughs> Nick, it all happens yeah. in like a two-and-a-half-week period after the season ends. It's just insane. But that's where we're at right now in college football. You mentioned the toothpaste out of the tube bucket. I was getting some toothpaste out the other day. They've changed toothpaste tubes. Have you noticed that? Like this, they're like square now. Well, I don't, so I still have the tube, but it's made from a different material. So, like, it, it's it's like once you squeeze it out, air fills it in, and it almost like it, I mean, it doesn't completely deflate every single time. So, you know exactly how much toothpaste is in this little thing. There's like some air in there. So, when you get to the end and you got to do the little rolling trick. To get all the toothpaste out, it, it's it's more of a challenge. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I feel like the the tube, the tubing that they're using now is worse. So toothpaste tubes, figure yourselves out. It's not not correct tubage. Sounds like you need to get on the phone with Colgate. Well, they left across the river. They used to have a great clock when tower you, over there. When you turn on Jeopardy tomorrow, you pull out uh, your your land your landline and you dial yep. up Colgate. And you give them a piece of your mind. Yes, I had your Colgate toothpaste, <laughs> and it made me feel like. Oh, classic, classic old internet video call back there. Um, I digress. There were um, there were a couple of NSD. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Additions. We had some preferred walk-ons. Uh, Quintavian Norman was the addition. Quinn Norman, who you probably haven't heard of because nobody had really heard of him, he was going to JUCO. And I the 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 rub I got on him, like it, you rarely get. But because there's a lot of times we're like, yeah, this guy's only played a year of football. Well, this guy had only played a year of football because of his academics. So it sounds like he was just so far behind in so many aspects and somebody found this kid they got him on the right path um he was going to go to juco and keep keep taking his medicine and try to work his way in his older cousin is, or is it no, his older brother is uh tay gallon who's a cornerback for the titans 
somebody kind of said, hey, you can go be at that level if you get your stuff together. Um, and he seemingly got his stuff together. Kentucky saw him, and they're, they're taking a swing on a big, big, rangy athlete with a lot of raw tools. Yeah, on three, scouting service still has ranked him, but he's going to end up as like a consensus mid-three prospect, three-star. So um, he's going to be right in the middle of Kentucky's class-ish. And you turn on the tape, I think there's some things to like about him. He can move, he strikes, gets off blocks. Uh, it's physical at the point of attack. And I think with all – with these Kentucky linebackers, now I'm talking like guys who are probably going to play off-ball linebackers, so not um, Jacob Smith or Caleb Red here. But all of these guys, if you turn on their high school tape, there's not a lot of them playing in the box. A lot of them are like out on the edge. Um, I think a lot of that is probably high school. Let's get our best player and just let him play yeah. off the edge. Most explosive uh, guy. Right. Yeah, but I think all of these guys can really run and hit and go. But they're, there's definitely going to – they need some development here. I don't, no, None of them are, I would say, a slam dunk to come in and play early. Um, there's no. going to need some development here. But I think they're taking a lot of swings here, Nick. Um, and these is four guys that I think they're going to be in Mike Stoops' room. And Steven Souls, Quintavian Norman, Devin Smith, and Antoine Smith. Three of those are from Georgia, and then mm-hmm. Souls is from East Tennessee, and so I think they're just they're taking a bunch of swings here. But all all of those guys bring some athletic traits to the table that are enticing. Now they just need to be developed. So, mm-hmm. like in a couple years, a couple of those guys will probably be out of the program because that's just a lot in one class to hold on to. Um, but if they can land one or two to be multi-year starters or potential impact player, I think that's. Uh, would be a nice payoff, but I think that's the goal here. They're just take, they're, they've got room and they need linebackers in that room, so they're taking swings. And they're going to have a lot of turnover after this year. Pop Dumas Johnson, Derek Jackson, Dave and Rain are all out most likely after this year, and you really don't have anyone else. So, what does that mean? They're going to go to the portal to address the position, uh, but they don't want to. They probably don't want to spend more than one scholarship. They would like to just plug someone in and then team that with a transfer. And so they're going to see what they can do with some of these young guys. Uh, but if they they miss, they can just go get multiple transfers. So I think that's just kind of where they're at. They're taking some yeah. swings here at linebacker. Um, but from an athletic standpoint, all, all those guys bring something to the table. Yeah, and the one thing I like about – because there was another kid, Javian Campbell, who is going to be a senior at Western Hills next year. He's another guy who – great-looking athlete but hasn't played a lot of football. And I just love watching the tape of these guys who you can kind of see the flashes, but you also see where they've only played football for a year. And Norman, it was in this case where it felt like he was really good about taking the right angles and getting his head on the right side of blocks, um, shedding blocks, uh, over, you know, not, not, not over pursuing, but just making sure he's in the right spot to make the play. But then just not being good at tackling, like just doing the sling where you kind of grab him by the hip and sling him around. Uh, they, they called it the the Roush sling back in the day because I would just grab jerseys and like just pull them because uh, I couldn't, you know, it was just I all I could te- do. Really. technical term for that, I think, is wrap and drag tackler. Yeah, yeah. Just just wrapping and slinging them around instead of hitting them with your shoulder and driving in. And that that's part of just um, – just learning and playing the game. And that's also a good reminder. Uh, 
to all of uh, the parents out there who want to put their kids in tackle football when they're four. Um, you either got it or you don't in a lot of these cases. Like, you got the genetics or you don't. Starting to play football early, like, it's can only help you so much, right? There's only so many ladders you can run through. If you ain't that fast or that big or that strong, it don't matter. Um, so let them play them all. Let them have some fun. Um, I know uh, I like having fun slinging the, slinging the rock around occasionally. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. I just, just, just <laughs> yeah, back on Norman, I think uh, hot motor was the phrase I'd use to describe him. Ooh, hot motor. Need he to just, check the carburetor. He goes. And, you know, it's hard to tell on a highlight tape, but he's given max effort on a lot of these plays and chasing the ball down away from where he's at. So good pursuit defender, if anything. Uh, And so that I think that helps raise his floor. Um, Again, I think playing linebacker at the next level, it's a lot of its instincts. Like you can either work your way through the box or you can't. You can either uh, play recognition quick or you can't. Like, mm-hmm. and so there's definitely teaching. There's always a teaching you can do with that, but you're going to learn pretty early with the linebackers if they have it yeah. or not. Uh, speaking of instincts, really like the player Kentucky added in 2025. And I'm just going to call him the first commitment because, like it, I don't think anybody's optimistic that Stone Saunders is going to stick with UK. I always appreciate him waiting it out until they hire somebody, but that was clearly a Cohen commitment. Uh, Quentin uh, Simmons from Withrow is a Vince Merrill recruit. Vince Merrill walking up a top 300 player without a play caller was that that's impressive, but um, it's one of these things too, like it where they've, they've fished in similar territories with guys like this from Kentucky, from Ohio. Th- this kid's a ball player. Like he's a legit ball player. And I, I I'm, I'm wondering what his, what he's been clocked at, and I, I don't know if he camped at UK or not last fall, and I bet he's hoping he doesn't do camps or doesn't run anywhere. Because yeah. <laughs> when you watch him – He's a burner. Man, he's a burner. And the, the thing that I like most about him, too, is he's not just burning through the outsides, man. He is – he's not afraid to go through traffic. I think this kid is – I this was a great, great get for w- one of your first commitments in the 2025 recruiting cycle. Yeah, he's a generator with the football in his hands. They were looking for ways, hunting for ways to get him the ball at Cincinnati Withrow, whether at running back, um, obviously in the quick game as a receiver, but even on kick return, punt return. Like, he's going to factor in, I think, at Kentucky uh, as a return specialist pretty early uh, in his career when he signs here. Um, but, I, you know, you mentioned the burner part, Nick, but I also thought he had some change of direction. Um, yeah. Like he could, he's got some wiggle in the open field, and then his acceleration. I mean, he can he can get zero to sixty pretty quick, and so I think there's a lot to to like about about him from that aspect. And he's not a smaller receiver. Like he's probably he's legit six foot six one. He's going to get to about one ninety pounds, um, one hundred ninety pounds. So there's I think there's a lot to like about him. He looks the part on tape. Yeah of a SEC receiver. I think he's got wide receiver one potential. Uh, but I also think the floor is pretty high for him, mainly just because I think he's going to be able to be a good returner here. And so you're going to be able to potentially play him, like, right away. Like, he could have a role as a true freshman as a returner. 
Um, yeah. And so I, there's a lot to like about him. That is a very good recruiting win, I think, for Kentucky in Cincinnati. And he's following a guy that I also thinks is a really good football player out of Cincinnati, Withrow and Teron Nichols, who's a guy could is a sneaky player to watch, I think, this spring and more so in fall camp because I think he could potentially steal some snaps there um, in well, the secondary in year one. And that's the other thing that I, I really like about him is just the fact that he was playing. I mean, Nichols was their other return guy, you know, and Simmons was still – making plays. The other receiver he's lining up next to, Chris Henry Jr. is the best receiver in the class below him. So he was on a talented team. Yeah, he was still, yeah. like you said, they were feeding him. Um, and some of those burners can be a little you, – you almost wonder if they're fast because they're afraid to get hit, and I don't get that sense from him. Like there's some there's some patience with his running style too. And then you see him turn it on, and then he gets to high strep and, and long striding down the field. So – I'm a big fan of this kid. Uh, it makes me wish we would have gotten up to Withrow last year to see just all three of those guys on the same team. It's just it's tough during with high school and college and everything going on at the same time. But um, if you are in the Northern Kentucky area, that's a very cool historic high school. Like it's uh, the road just kind of goes past downtown along the Cincinnati Riverbank. I found out that my grandfather actually went to high school there. For a year back in the 20s, before or maybe even the 1912s, I had a really old grandfather, uh, but went to high school there for a year before moving to Louisville and going to uh, Manual. Um, but yeah, very old place, very cool uh, field. So uh, that was an aside. And before I forget, we just we got to bring up Michael's teeth brushing story because. Um, I was mentioning the toothpaste tube, and he said he was brushing his teeth in dark one time, and he grabbed the tube of preparation H instead of the toothpaste. It was fun. So here's the well, – again, I don't – we're not going to get too crude here, but the preparation H, there's an applicator on the tip, right? Like you would think that you would – I mean, I guess uh, it's a little pointy, and so is the I mean, it depends how many cold beers you had that night, Nick. I mean, it just <laughs> you're just going through the motions in there. You can a, a little details like that could just sneak right past you. Uh, it was like the old uh, Gilbert Gnarly. I'm I'm sounding like an old fart again, but uh, he who he taste tested the Kentucky Jelly, and the flavor was a bit neutral. Uh, <laughs> Um, if y'all have never heard Gilbert Gnarly, I hope those calls are somewhere on there. Gary Burbank, Cincinnati disc jockey in the 90s. Ah, great stuff. Great stuff. Great comedy. Ho- hopefully those are on YouTube that you can go look up. Go look it up after our show. This is the point where I cough and I had to hit mute, so I apologize. This is also the point where I remind you that FanDuel right now, you can get $200 in bonus bets ahead of the Super Bowl. So you make a $5 wager on college basketball this weekend. You win that $5 wager. You get $200 in bonus bets. They expire in seven days, but you get 200 in bonus bets that you, you can use on the Super Duper Bowl. So go ahead. Sign up today, fanduel.com slash personnel, or download the app and use promo code personnel. FanDuel, lock it up. Get your wagers in. There's a lot at stake. And you can use those bonus bets to win big on the Super Bowl. And then you got a little bankroll for upcoming March Madness. So, must be 21 and over, President of Kentucky. 
Bonus issued is nominal trouble. Bonus bets expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promo code personnel, fanduel.com. Like it, this is normally our NFL segment, and now it's our Preparation H segment. Um, but we are <laughs> going to do our Super Bowl preview now. We're actually going to roll that out on the KSR YouTube channel tomorrow. Full 20, 30 minutes. Who knows how long we'll go. Just breaking down the Super Bowl, sharing some of our favorite bets on the big game. Um, look at I made a spreadsheet. Um, so oh, I'm proud you, of you. You'll be proud. You'll be, you'll be really proud. Is it a derby I, spread? Are you tracking uh, clock times at uh, Santa Anita or wherever the hell uh, some derby horses train? Yeah, yeah. They're at Santa Anita right now. Niso's kicked a lot of ass. If you want a derby update, they're trying to keep Baffert out again. Uh, but they shouldn't because <laughs> his horses are really good. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's it's some good stats. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to corner the market on the first touchdown wager. That's where I'm trying to, to get some value. So we'll see. We'll see. But um I, I'm 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 very excited about the Super Bowl, but also there's a little part of me that's that's sad to know that that will be the last football game for a while. You, um, you know UFL, man. We're gonna pick a UFL team, Nick. And I'm gonna give weekly reports on our UFL team this offseason. Okay. So I will do some I research next episode. We're I got to look when the season starts, but we're going to pick a UFL team and we're going to have Luckett's weekly reports here on eleven personnel. Do, does Birmingham still have a team? Let's. Well, I want the Birmingham team if they've got one. They do not. I, or I don't know what? if the Stallions are coming over or not. Uh, I mean, do we need? Do we want to do the Bob Stoops team? I, I mentioned UFL, uh, the, the Birmingham team, just because I the Birmingham my, still my is in the there. Okay, they got a cool stadium. UAB Stadium's pretty kick ass. That's why I'm kind of I'm for the stat. And weren't they good? The Stallions, two time like USFL the, champs. That's right. But the Battlehawks have the best crowds of any of these teams in St. Oh. Louis. Oh, that's an easier drive too. We can go get hammered. They've got cool jerseys. Game. The blue and silver. They, they Might get after Battlehawks. Yeah, Battlehawk Two is a great mascot because you're like, well, is it like are are we giving armor to a hawk and he's going to go fight a war for us? Which if so, I'm in. Count like sign me up. And I'm taking. And Adrian Martinez is going to be Birmingham's quarterback. Nick, do you really want to ride the Adrian Martinez wagon? Bucket, you know that I have a <laughs> sick, sick affinity for betting Nebraska football. So yes, I will. I, I will love to uh, lose my money responsibly on betting the USFL team. So well, may, maybe I'll be the Stallions guy. You'll be the Battlehawks uh, because the, the Stallions—they're the USFL. They're the underdogs. I feel like the XFL is—they got the upper hand in in this ordeal. I think only three. Technically, USFL teams survived. But nevertheless, spring football, it's a great, um, oh, that's on. And then you just kind of let it sit there and you look at it in the corner of your eye every it's, once in a while. It's outstanding background television here at the Luckett House. Like, games on, just throw it, like, on a Sunday shift, XFL, USFL games on, just throw it on here in the office. And the, get to it see was the, great the, the wild the- two-point conversions. 
the being at the combine one year, it was snowing in Utah, and that that was that was great TV. Just having a snow football game on while yeah. you're eating shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo's, <laughs> great time. Which I like. I got a little bit of Super Bowl envy this week seeing all those NFL heads out there doing all the Radio Row, which Radio Row is just a giant convention center now with all these setups. Yeah, it's a monstrosity out there. They uh, some of them go out there for like eight days. Could you imagine just going somewhere for a week to cover a football game? Dude, eight days in Vegas. Not just this isn't like Indy where it's built for big conventions and stuff like that. It's Vegas. That yeah. would be that'd be hard for me. The discipline that would be needed uh, there <laughs> would be would be difficult. Uh, I mean, even just the eating the food, like there, were, I would eat a meal and just like be in a comatose for a day. Like there, you know, it just food would be. I can, yeah, that's a lot, but I can handle it. It would be uh, everything else that comes with Vegas, because um, you know, just randomly, you're going to be on a table at one thirty in the morning. And you're like, getting a what heater. the hell am I doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, Baker Mayfield walks up, and you're like, Baker, and you just yeah. start getting after it. That's where I think it would be fun to be the casual you know let's say you live in reno about an hour away or you know you you drive into town every once in a while this would be a fun just casual driving to vegas and seeing who you run into because i bet there are some some people uh, <laughs> gosh oh man michael in the preparation age talking in the chat he bought us a preparation age too thank you michael <laughs> thank you michael. thank you it's, it's much needed hey if you want to avoid the preparation age too Really get off the rails here. Invest in a bidet. It'll it'll change your life. You'll thank me later. It's pretty much the best decision. My my wife, it's like the one home improvement suggestion I've made where she was like, wow, great job, Nick. You, you I'm proud of you. You did something right. I don't do many things right. Um, I did recently take the stopper off of the sink because it was unclogged and the wife was having morning sickness. I thought she was going to puke every time she went to use the sink. So I did that without being told to do that, and I didn't break the sink like it. I was pretty proud of myself. It was a job well done, Mister Handyman Roush. Um, how's how's the luck? It's holding up. We're getting uh, getting down the home stretch. We're nearly a month out. Um, when I go to the combine, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> I might get a few. Uh, uh, might need. Uh, the, the grandparents over here to help a little bit more than normal, but uh, it's going I mean, well. It's only really an hour away. You know, something happens, you can get home in a hurry. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. I'm more so just uh, being, you know, helping stuff around daily stuff around the house. Uh, but it's going good. Uh, Taylor's a trooper. She's hanging in there. Uh, you know, Nick, this is like the, honestly the worst part, like the last month, because it's just yeah. it's just they're miserable. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's you know, you just they the host, just, everyone. They just I think everyone's miserable. You're just ready to yeah. Let's just get the show on the road, kind of thing. But then at the same time, you're all, like you're also want the show to get on the road, but you're a little nervous about the show getting on the road. It's just a little. You're just like, all right, let's 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 do this. Um, well, best of luck, Godspeed. Uh, hey, you got any waste management winners? Did you did you ride anybody this weekend? Uh with everything going on, I didn't get. A chance to really look at the lineup much. I did set one for the DFS, and Justin Thomas was my number one pick. So there you go. If, you, if you're looking for something, 
That, that's who I'm riding this week. But haven't really gotten into that yet. But once the majors start, we'll be locked in. And we'll get locked in for the players too here. About a month, I think the players is in a month. So, golf I got some friends that are out there. That I'm yeah, I, I've got a buddy out there this weekend too. It's a it's a good time. Uh, JT Poston though didn't do great today. Two over, not too not 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 the yeah. They had start. a weird because they had that big delay, so um, they're yeah. probably going to be some yeah. guys overlapping, and they might have to play red double up here on Friday or Saturday. So I just want to one time make make that run, or also just fall like start a domino. You know, because I saw all those people running today at the gate, and I just thought, how is nobody tripping and falling? And there's just like a pile of bodies in the middle of this. It's it's crazy. It's it's absolutely a wild wild scene. Uh, but hey, we need to get out of here. If something crazy happens with this offensive coordinator search, we'll be on here talking about it within an hour or two. So make sure you're subscribed to the KSR YouTube channel to make sure you get notifications every time we go live. And tomorrow we'll be back with our Super Bowl picks on Pigskin Preview. For Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Kroger. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.